You're listening to Argy's Poetry Pickle Jar. Hello and welcome to Argy's Poetry Pickle Jar, the only place where we pickle the poems we know you'll love. Each week we speak to a world famous poet to talk about a poem they truly love and by the end of the podcast we hope you'll love it too. This week we're running yet another Poetry Book Society special and if you don't know what the Poetry Book Society is you should. Uh, It's a kind of poetry book club started by T.S. Eliot and each quarter expert poet selectors choose the best new poetry books to deliver to members across the globe. As well as that you receive a quarterly poetry magazine. PBS helped make this episode happen and they will also help you get a new uh, look into the world of poems. But on to this week today we are celebrating The Winter Choice by PBS. So we are going to be hearing a poem from a really wonderful brand new book called Sturge Town that will hopefully bring you closer to the poet, the process and the poem itself. Uh, Let me introduce you to a poet with 20 books of poetry under his name. A poet who has an array of fiction, criticism, essays. A poet who's continued to evolve and grow. A poet often referred to as the busiest man in literature. I would say probably one of the most influential black writers, if not writers in the entire world. His awards include The Forward, The Hollis Summers, The Pushcart and many, many more. And it's difficult to break down a poet with this many attributes to his name. But I will say when I first began reading poems, I came across a book called Of Poetry and Protest. Is made up of like some of the biggest black poets of that time speaking about politics through their poems. I had like uh, Patricia Smith, Terence Hayes, Deborah Major, and this poet right there uh, with a poem called New Day, which I taught with like right at the beginning when I first started teaching. That poem uh, and that book was some of the most influential work I knew of at the time and even now. And in his foreword for that book, he says, darkness and hopelessness for me are found in inarticulateness. I have found in making poems a way to preserve the things in the world that have moved me. I'm really happy to invite Kwame Doors into the studio. How are you doing, Kwame? It's good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. How does it feel to be the winner choice with PBS? <laughs> you know, I've been doing this a long time, and so it's, 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 um, it's very nice, and it comes with some useful perks. I mean, they, they, they buy a bunch of the books. And, you know, we poets, we take any sale of a book um, when we can get it. After doing this many books, like, has your ritual of celebration, like when you finish something, is it a big deal? Is it a small deal? How's it feel? It's a very small deal. I, it's okay. done. <laughs> I should do more, you know? Um, I keep reminding myself that um, one should stop and celebrate. And poems. these poems mean a lot to me. I mean, they 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 articulate a sentiment of a time and a moment. And um, and so coming back to them, I, I'm happy with it. I, I understand my work to be to be work that I I don't think is perfect in any in any stretch. So so I, I don't get bothered if I go, oh, that could be better. Um, that doesn't bother me. Um, I think. <laughs> <laughs> there's low there's there's a large quantity of poems in this book like i had three days to read it and That's i felt right. like i went places time like people i went all through it all do you think the themes in your career have changed that you find yourself writing about are they evolving no I, well 
you know, poetry for me reflects who I am. And, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm 61 years old now. I think I've changed. Um, I think there's a lot in me that has changed because life changes you. Um, I'm a father, I'm a husband, I, I, I have different friends, I've lived in different places. Um, and my growth, um, my attitude to things will evolve and I expect it to. But there are certain things that I guess that stay the same in terms of preoccupations. Um, so if I say I've changed, um, what hasn't changed is that the thing that made me come to the page initially, the, the thing that excited me about writing, um, about 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 you know sharing um, art, uh, about reading poetry, about being a, a black person from Africa, from the Caribbean. Um, about looking at what 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 has been silenced and what needs to be brought back and feeling as if I'm being part of that tradition that 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 fired me up significantly in my my you know my late teens and my early 20s and and it's still it's still part of who I am yeah and that, that's really beautifully put um do you feel like after seeing so much art in your career not just your own but other people's do you feel as confident as you were in your 20s that poetry can make a social impact? I, I, I don't think, I, I don't know if I ever, I would have ever put it that way. Um, because of course the, the idea of a social impact is very interesting. I think, I think poetry is, um, is fundamental to, to cultures, to civilizations, to the world. Um, because I, 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 one of the phrases that has really been interesting me now um, and i've been saying this a lot in talks and interviews and so on is that i think the poet is is a chronicler of um of our sent the sentiment of the world the sentiment the history of sentiment and the experience of sentiment and and what that means is that we, we have we as human beings have different ways to record our presence in the world our history in the world and diabolically um, many great ways of erasing uh, the, the, our presence and our existence in the world and we've seen whole cultures whole societies whole civilizations completely erased by the brutality of things like slavery um, when we think of the deaths of by wars and by holocaust and all of these things um, i think there's great loss that happens and i think what the poet is in that space is is somebody who is is chronicling even if they are not conscious of it um, chronicling, in a sense, for the moment and for posterity, um, the, the, the sentiment, how people live, how people feel, how people think, how people are present in the world. So, so absolutely, poetry and, and music and so on has incredible power in, 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 in the social sphere, in the way that we live in the world. I mean, I'm going on a lot about this, but I mean, you know, if we if 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 just think about it, if there was a poet writing in 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 Mali whose work in 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 12 the 12th century we could have access to um, about how they lived, what they ate for breakfast, or who they quarreled with, and so on. Can you think about how our view of the people of that time and the people who have been descendant of those people of that time would be transformed by the existence of that poem? In my moment here, I want to leave that mark. Somebody else can benefit from it, and somebody else can have it. I do not want to be the to be the, the person who is there, the witness who doesn't chronicle it. And I think that's my job. Yeah, and in chronic having a career doing that chronicling here has meant that you become better and better at deciphering or ciphering off all of that information into 
uh, more succinct uh, words and sentences, which is really, really special. Yeah. yeah, but I want to just say that that's perfectly well put because the artist, whether it's the griot or the um, the praise song singer or whoever it is, the singer, we we with the responsibility comes the necessity to be better at it, and I think that's that's the craft. And without like blowing your trumpet, loads, I loved this book. It feels like the speaker's voice is so clear. It's philosophical in many ways, and mm -hmm. it's very thoughtful, internal voice wise. And then other poems, which are much more like a drama, like something's happening there. And often it's one or the other with many poets, but this does it so well between them. So I really, really enjoyed that. Yeah, thanks, man. And yeah, I, I appreciate that. And that's really at the heart of this, this collection, for sure. I'm excited for you to read the poem you've chosen, which is How I Pray in the Play. Sure, I'll read it now. How I Pray in the Plague. And here's an epigraph from Derek Walcott's The Fortunate Traveler. I was rehearsing the ecstasies of starvation for what I had to do and have not charity. I found my pity desperately researching the origins of history from reed-built communes by sacred lakes, turning with the first sprocketed water-driven wheels. Derek Walcott. In these silences, the bubbles of hurt are indistinguishable from the terror that lurks in the body. The phrase, ecstasies of starvation, has a music that lures us to peace. But how do I stay with a tender heart and calm in the face of an old saying that hides its conundrum of theology from me? Perhaps not hides, perhaps what I mean is that before I found pity, charity, and love, I was faced by the conundrum, lead me not into temptation. That imperative that has no sensible meaning. For is this the way of a father? What kind of father must be asked not to tempt us? And what of the diabolical cruelty of eat of such testing. If I said, Neville, please lead me not into temptation, what would that have meant? Would it not have been a reprimand to my father, a judgment on his propensity to fail me? You see, why I need to slip over this with a faith that needs to grow in increments of meaning? In these silences, the bubbles of anxiety that I cannot distinguish from terror is my daily state. You teach me to pray in this way. And in this way, you offer me the path that leads to terror. And what of the way of poetry to change the words of this small conundrum, lead us not, lead me not, lead them not. What is this if not an attempt to evade the heavy hand of God? For if to pray, lead them not into temptation, displays a kind of mercy to say, lead us not, though it seems the penitence of a sinning nation desperate for the lifting of the curses of contagion and plague, its subtext is the finger pointed at the culprit. So what kind of father is this? Do you want answers? You've come to the wrong place. I'm selfish with answers. I'm hoarding them. 
Go instead to the prophets, the preachers, the soothsayers, the pundits, the dream readers, the pontiffs and kings and presidents and imams, all the brokers and answers. As for me, I will hoard the common beauty of these puzzles and walk this road, not as the demander of absolute clarity, but with the fabric of uncertainty stretched as a net across the afternoon sky. Under this I will journey until all music ends and the air grows dry as a lack of grace. They say that if you find honey in the stomach of the boabab tree, you must leave the better part for the spirit of the tree and then share the remnant sweetness with your neighbors. What you hear among the reeds, in the arms of the trees, in the shelter of the sky, that is enough for the days of terror and sorrow. Amen. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I love I love the journeys of this poem. And when you were going through the process of this poem, um, did you know that it was going to be coming from this religious angle? Are you a religious person in everyday life? Do you think of yourself as religious? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a religious person. Um, religious in the sense that I've had a a spiritual practice since I was about 18, 17, 16 years old, um, wrestling with the idea of faith and those questions. Um, so so it, 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 you can see it throughout my work um, in, in different ways. Um, the, the poem, it, it's interesting because, of course, there's that there's that Walcott poem, and it's it's one of Walcott's poems where he's contemplating um, the atrocities in the world. Um, he's talking about famines in Africa and so on, and and he's asking himself real deep questions about whether he should be sending money to them or what is his relationship with Africa. Walcott had a very strained relationship with his blackness and with Africanness and so on, one of empathy but also one of questioning where where he's situated in it. And so he then started to play with this idea of but have not charity, which is from the from the, the from the Bible, from the from the the um the new the New Testament, I think the book of Corinthians. And it's sort of the underlying phrase of that is if 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 I do X, Y, and Z, but I do not have charity or love, then I'm nothing. So I like that idea because I became very interested in this phrase, lead me not into temptation, which always seemed like a normal thing. We learned that as a prayer, but then it seemed very peculiar that we are asking God not to lead me into temptation, which suggests that this is the business of God to, That's lead, people, it. <laughs> to lead people into and, temptation. And also <laughs> that is, you say like, lead them not, lead us not. Us and not, it yeah. made me question my own saying of it. I was like, which one is it? I can't actually remember because <laughs> exactly. I'm so programmed to just like. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And so, so I, I became, so it became a kind of cone, a kind of thing, like I'm thinking about it and meditating on it. But, but, you know, it's, it's interesting when you ask a question, like the making of a poem, every, I tell people every retelling of how a poem is made is a fiction. I mean, I, I it, poems that poems are poems come together with too many variations, and you sensed it in this thing moving all different levels. That for me to say how this poem came about is really me trying to account for the existence of the poem and creating a narrative that I think people will understand. But it has nothing to do with actually what happened when I was writing the poem. 
<laughs> like honestly, and and um and I think it's true for most poets. But you know, we we must create this narrative. So it's in retrospect that I go, wow, okay, so this is the poem, and this makes so of course this is what the poem is about. I can say that the things that were eating at me were the plague, and the plague was what we were living through the pandemic. And how do you pray in that moment? And how do you deal with the terrors? And 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 what what can you learn from those terrors? And what what, what you know what is what is our relationship to this divinity in the midst of those terrors? I think that's what I am I'm preoccupied with, and I I know this is what I'm preoccupied with because I'm always preoccupied <laughs> with this. One. Yeah, because <laughs> so. I am. Um, because I also it made me think it's hard to be a thinker and be religious at the same time because the speaker yeah. is very much like a thinking person and I, I I'm like that so it makes it more difficult to drown out the voices and if I see someone who just believes like they just believe I'm almost uh, envious of that belief that freedom to just believe you know you know in the poem it says are you coming to me for answers <laughs> yeah that's that's the bit <laughs> and that's the bit where it's like I, I don't think I was, but was I? I don't know. Yeah. And I say, wrong guy. I'm just the poet, right? <laughs> you can go to the other people. But me, I'm just like, I'm just the poet. I, I hide my answer. I'm just keeping my answers to myself. Yeah. But it's also my saying, I, I don't have answers, right? Mm. Um, and, and this poem is about about working my way through it. But but in the last little seg, the little moment. In the yeah, last that's it is kind of the answer you know what i mean what the last image from the yeah, the last tree. image yeah. yeah and it's something i'd read somewhere about the boabab tree and finding honey in it and and there's a community that says you leave some of the honey for the spirits and then you give some to your neighbors um and there's a and that's the charity and that's at the end of the day it's our human relationships in the midst of the plague that sustains us and that 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 is enough that is enough against the terrors um but if you had said if you had philosophized your way to that it wouldn't have been as good as the image because the image right. just goes boom that's right that's it's right. like a smoke bomb yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a it's a great it was a great find for me to, to to hit on hit on that image yeah yeah and then it's sort of like it makes that journey towards then it says go instead to the prophets the preachers and the soothsayers and the priests and so do you feel those people are the people that um you look to for clearer answers whereas no, you know that's not what i mean yeah right? that's it yeah <laughs> you, you know what i'm saying is you, those are the people you shouldn't trust <laughs> yeah that's it yeah, and the yeah, time yeah. you just read it you said um someone's that weren't on there so on my version, the book That's version. Right, on your version. So that means that they've just I've added been... a few. <laughs> yeah, you just added a few today. A few. It's a long list, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's but these it's... are the authorities, right? These are the people who are supposed to be the purveyors of all truth, and and they're human, and 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 they're flawed, and um. And I say, if you're coming to a poem, that's not what you're coming for. And, you know, there's a place for that, but we should engage it with the same kind of human skepticism that says, lead me not into temptation. And if my father said that to me, what would that mean? Mm-hmm. And what, is, what does that mean? What, is, what does a father's relationship with a child amount to? 
the, the, the both both the necessity of it and the mistrust of it um mm. and it's it's definitely it's definitely sort of walking through th this poem um even I'm, as i'm talking about it i think it's like quite powerfully loud in the poem yeah yeah and that that fabric of uncertainty mm -hmm. is the basis of good poems yeah and and i'll say this because i think sometimes um the poet gets a rap that says you're trying to be intentionally like obscure or dense and so on but but i think for me anyway and from the poets that i admire it's they're desperately trying not to be but trying to be as honest about that that process as possible so so when a poet says i don't know it's not the first answer it is the answer out of trying and trying it's like Eliot saying you know all there is is the trying the rest is not our business mm -hmm. right and that trying is what we are about um and and sometimes it brings illumination but but sometimes it doesn't but it it doesn't as the goal the goal is not to to create um confusion but the goal the goal is to try and find language and and but to accept that language is sometimes inadequate um and and that's okay you know that that it's the it's the trying that that we that sustains us and in the inadequacy there's some authenticity there isn't there? there's something yeah yeah that's something. truth isn't it that's 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 what we we hope for that's the truth that we hope for in 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 the poets and and i you know i i, I interchangeably say poets and singers and musicians um because i think that you know, um, 200 years later, we we will be looking at um, the rap artists and the, the reggae artists and all of these people, along with the poets, the so-called poets and so on, as a way to understand how we chronicle this moment. Because we are all we are all playing around with poetry fundamentally. It's it's poetry. Yeah, completely. Thanks, Kwame, for coming. The time's flown by. It's been such wow. an absolute yeah. joy to meet you and connect. No, no, no. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed, enjoyed this talk, man. How I Pray in the Plague. It starts with an epigraph by Derek Walcott. I was rehearsing the ecstasies of starvation for what I had to do. And have not charity, I found my pity, desperately researching the origins of history from reed-built communes by sacred lakes, turning with the first sprocketed water-driven wheels. In these silences, the bubbles of hurt are indistinguishable from the terror that lurks in the body. The phrase, ecstasies of starvation, has a music that lures us to peace. But how do I stay with a tender heart and calm in the face of an old saying that hides its conundrum of theology from me? Perhaps not hides, perhaps what I mean is that before I found pity, charity and love, I could slip over the conundrum, lead me not into temptation, that imperative that has no sensible meaning. For is this the way of a father? What kind of father must be asked not to tempt us? And what of the diabolical cruelty of such testing? If I'd said, Neville, please lead me not into temptation, what would that mean? Would that be a reprimand to my father, a judgment on his propensity to fail me? 
You see why I slip over this with the muteness of a faith that needs to grow in increments of meaning. In these silences, the bubbles of anxiety that I cannot distinguish from terror is my daily state. You teach me to pray in this way, and in this way you offer me the path that leads to terror. And what of the way of poetry to change the words of this small conundrum? Lead us not. Lead me not. Lead them not. What is this if not the way to evade the heavy hand of God? That to pray, lead them not into temptation, displays a kind of mercy, while to say, lead us not, is the penitence of a sinning nation desperate for the lifting of the curses of contagion and plague but whose subtext is the finger pointed at the culprit so what kind of father is this do you want answers you have come to the wrong place i am as selfish with answers i am hoarding them uh, go instead to the prophets and the preachers, the soothsayers and priests. Go to the pundits and the dream readers, to the pontiffs and kings, to the presidents and mayors, to the brokers in answers. As for me, I will hoard the calming beauty of these puzzles and walk this road not as the demander of absolute clarity. That would be a crude wickedness, but with the fabric of uncertainty as a net stretched across the afternoon sky. In this I would trade until all music ends and the air grows dry as a lack of grace. They say that if you find honey in the stomach of the baobab tree, you must leave the better part for the spirit of the tree, and then share the remnant sweetness with your neighbours. What you hear among the reeds, in the arms of the trees, in the shelter of the sky, that is enough for the days of terror and sorrow. Amen.